What is going on, Pacers fans and Rockets fans alike? Welcome to this episode of the Locked On Pacers podcast. But before we start, it is Wednesday, which means it is Draft Wednesday, which means I have a chance for you to win money and help the Pacers win. That's right. You can help the Pacers win in this game tonight by signing up for Draft. Not really, but you should do it anyway. Uh, if you were into daily fantasy sports, you might uh, you might enjoy those salary cap leagues, but you shouldn't because draft is better, and your chances of winning on draft are actually 80% better than on salary cap sites. And I use draft now. It is my absolute favorite since I made the switch. No more getting crushed by these people that are just professionals and just blow you out of the water. It's just me and a bunch of other people that you know want to do a snake draft and want to have a fair fight. So you can play in a real... NBA draft right now on draft and be done in literally five minutes and get paid tomorrow on draft. It's awesome. Drafts fill up like every two seconds. You can literally find one just by searching whatever amount you want to are willing to gamble. It's fantastic. And new players, you can get a free entry into a real money draft. You can win free money. That's how you help the Pacers win is you do what I say right now. You win free money by inserting the code LOPACERS in at checkout. Just play a real money draft for free by using the code LOPACERS. But wait, it gets even better. Uh, Draft is so sure that you're going to love it that they are offering Locked On Pacers listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. $100. That's right. $100 free dollars. Just search for Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and play free right now with that promo code LOPACERS for free money. And if you use LOPACERS, you help the Pacers win against the Rockets tonight. Now let's start the podcast with Eric Spiropoulos from the 94 Feet Report. You are locked on Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast. We are going to preview tonight's game against the Houston Rockets, which, unlike the first time, is in Houston. And to do that with me, I have the editor-in-chief of the 94 Feet Report website, as well as the Rockets writer for Hoops Habit, Eric Spiropoulos. Eric, how are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well, Tony. Can't complain, especially with how the uh, Rockets have been playing recently. (laughs) Yeah, we could all be so lucky to... uh, (laughs) Fans of sixteen and four teams right now. Did I uh, did I say Spiropolis right? I didn't ask you before. Yeah, Spiropolis is 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 an appropriate pronunciation, unlike uh, what I've been receiving in other podcasts and and uh, guest appearances. I had I had Frank on, and I didn't prep his last name, and I got it right too. <laughs> I guess you're just good at last time. names. I know. I need to prep. I keep forgetting to do that. I need to to start doing that. But uh, the Rockets since. The Pacers game, I don't think they've lost. They might have lost once to the, Ra- the Raptors. That's it. But they are yeah. uh, 7-1 since they last played. And we normally don't have guests on for the second preview if the games are so close like this. But I needed to have Eric on because the first time they played, uh, Eric Gordon started and Chris Paul did not play. And now Chris Paul, who was a top whatever 10, 15 player in the NBA, is back. And has he been a top 15 player in the NBA in those five games so far since he came back? I mean, with Paul, basically, the interesting thing is that he's been really good. Um, He's been on a minutes restriction since he's come back, but his shooting has not been that good. I mean, he has a 48.2 effective field goal percentage and just a 52.6 true shooting percentage, which is both are well below his previous, you know, his regular career norms and also league average. 
Um, he's shooting like a solid, I think it's 37 and a half percent on threes, which is, which is pretty good. Um, but it's been his passing. Uh, it's been incredible. He's averaging 10.8 assists per game since coming back. Um, and for the season, this includes that game against golden state. He has 65 assists to just seven turnovers, <laughs> which is just ridiculous. What? Yesterday, oh yesterday he had 14 assists and zero turnovers. Um, he's probably going to be the main reason why James Harden doesn't lead the league in scoring and assists because I think that Paul has kind of accepted a role where he's not going to take as many shots, especially when he's on the floor with Harden, um, but he's just going to be looking to pass so much and get so many people involved, which is why their offense has been absurd since he's been back um, an 118.9 offensive rating, which is obviously number one in the league. Um, and then he's also helped with defense. They have the number two defense since he's returned. Um, it's about almost two weeks ago he's returned. Um, so they've been just dominating since he was re- returned. Before we started recording, I mentioned that they've been playing a lot of weak teams, you know, shorthanded Knicks, shorthanded Nets, um, the Phoenix Suns. Um, but they've still been dominant since he's returned. Yeah, their, their defensive rating is all the way up to seventh, which, you know, given how you saw the Rockets last season, that is that's a huge mo- moment. Uh, are they playing him in a lot of lineups with like Mbaa, Mute and Tucker to try to have like a defensive lineup or is it more just have him out there to be the the star point guard that he is on offense? Yeah, well, when you watch the Rockets, it's interesting because unlike a lot of other teams that have two or more stars, D'Antoni really focuses on staggering their minutes. So they'll start the first quarter and the third quarter together, but Paul will be subbed out pretty quickly, like around the seven-ish minute mark for Eric Gordon. Um, And then Paul will come back at like the one or two minute mark in the first quarter and then play the first six or seven minutes of the second quarter without Harden on the floor. And that'll be the same pattern for that fourth quarter uh, stretch. Um, And usually during that time, they have brought in Mbamute and Tucker off the bench, um, possibly Nene or Tariq Black, um, depending on who's healthy or available. I don't think Nene will be playing tomorrow or tonight. Yeah, he's uh, he's gonna miss both the Pacers games. He has a shoulder yeah. injury, um, so probably be Tariq Black again. But sometimes they also go with Ryan Anderson at center and surround Anderson with Tucker, Mabamute, Paul, and Gordon, which is a pretty capable defensive lineup and can kind of make up for Anderson's struggles. Even though Anderson's been better defensively this year, um, so usually Chris Paul does play often with guys like Tucker, Mabamute, sometimes Trevor Ariza. Um, but they like to get Anderson with Chris Paul on the floor because. Paul has been finding Anderson for wide open threes on a nightly basis. It'll be four or five times a game where he just feeds Anderson wide open looks. Um, so yeah, usually having Chris Paul with other defenders and at least like one or two key floor spacers like Gordon or Anderson is what they usually do. Yeah, that that's what really scares me is that he can run, you know, a top five offense by himself. And that's without the MVP right now, James Harden on his team. <laughs> And then I also am fearful because besides the fact that he's just a lot better than Darren Collison, when they do go to like when the, the Pacers have gone to an eight man rotation, so their their bench is a lot shorter. And now when they're playing against a reserve unit that has Chris Paul and two stud defenders and Ryan Anderson, you know, they're gonna both struggle to score and just get cooked. So I'm fearful for the bench in this uh, upcoming game against the Rockets, which I don't know if that's appropriate. We'll have to see considering they've been blowing the doors off of everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of unfair that you can start a game with Harden and Chris Paul, who are two top 10 or 15 players, no matter how you think about it. Um, and then you can sub out one for Eric Gordon, who's one of the best, you know, six men in the league. And then when the other one subs off, like when Harden gets subbed out, then Chris Paul comes back in. It's really not fair to have Chris Paul sub in for Harden or Harden sub in for Chris Paul. One of them always on the floor at all times, which means one of them will be going against bench units for significant stretches of games um, and bench backcourts for that matter. So it's really kind of unfair and kind of allows the Rockets to have an elite offense for all 48 minutes, um, which is something that very few teams in the league can, can probably make a claim to have. 
Yeah, the Pacers are uh, are not one of those teams. <laughs> I think another thing I would have talked about Nene, but he's not playing, so I will scratch him off my list of things. Tariq Black, I don't know if the, for those of you that don't really know him or didn't watch the first game, pretty much just a tenacious rebounder who sets screens. If I if I'm right about that, I believe. Yeah, that's basically what he does. He knows where he does not call for the ball. He'll get putbacks. Um, he'll just yeah. run to the rim and he'll just screen and he'll rebound. <laughs> yeah, so he's playing the Sabonis role against Sabonis. So we'll have to see who wins the uh, <laughs> the scrappy fight of the screener, rebounder, putbacker. But Sabonis shoots a little bit more than him, but we'll see. But yeah. the other guy that's had a revelation since the first time these two teams played is Trevor Ariza. He was five of twelve in that first game against the Pacers. Uh, he had fifteen points, which for him because he was really struggling early in the year and since then he has had 20 25 and 16 points in three of those games he was a plus 34 in their win against denver has he really turned a corner on offense or has he just been way better overall yeah i mean it's interesting i just wrote an article about ariza for hoops habit because um he's been really key down this kind of hot stretch and obviously paul returning has always allowed one of the two great guards to be on the floor which means there's just more quality and open looks for guys like Ariza. Ariza is interesting because, I mean, he has this 3 and D reputation, but last year he shot 34% on threes, which is below league average. And so he started the year, again, shooting, shooting terrible. He was like shooting 20% on threes for like the first two to three weeks. And all of a sudden this recent stretch has got him back up to 37%. So he's actually providing the three in that 3 and D kind of thing. Um He's just, you know, he, his legs kind of come and go. I mean, he's obviously, you know, he's a, he's 32. He's played in nearly 900 games. He's extremely durable, plays a lot of minutes throughout his career. So, you know, over the course of a season, you know, he'll have, have some hot stretches and then he'll have like two to three weeks where he can't hit a shot. And you're like, why is this guy even on the floor? Especially because his defense is continuing to slip, um, which is something that's flown under the radar because they have guys like Tucker and Mbaba Mute. Um, but, you know, hopefully now that they have Paul back, that they can extend the rotation, play Tucker and Mbaba Mute a little bit more. Cut back Ariza's minutes a little bit more, keep him fresh, keep those legs fresh, and hopefully he can just become a consistent 36 to 37% three-point shooter, which would be great for the Rockets. Yeah, that would make this team even more scary than they already are. So <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not I'm not too pumped about that. But I, side note from me, I really think that if Houston can play like this consistently, they, they have a chance to beat the Warriors and not just in like a, they get hot for four games in a seven-game series kind of way, but like a, they're actually really dang good. They already beat them once. So we'll see. That might be a way too bold prediction. But focusing on this game, uh, I know they won by 23, so maybe this is a dumb question. But is there any adjustments you want to see the Rockets make against the Pacers after that first game? I mean, I don't think there should be any actual adjustments. I'm just more interested to see how that – second unit does with Chris Paul leading it because in that in the first game when Harden went to the bench they had a double digit lead after the end of the first and Harden went to the bench and they just gave up the double digit lead they allowed the Pacers to come back early in the second quarter and then Harden came back and they regained control and it was kind of the same pattern but now when Harden gets subbed out Chris Paul will come back in um, which should probably strike some fear into the Pacers um, because it won't (laughs) be you know Eric Gordon's a capable ball handler in a vacuum, but you don't want him running the offense for significant stretches. So obviously having Chris Paul back to lead that second unit offense um, and defense to that matter um, will be huge in seeing how, you know, maybe the Rockets could cruise the entire game or maybe they get off to a struggling start. They've gotten off to some pretty bad starts. I mean, they were down by 20 to the Knicks at home a couple of days ago. And then they like basically woke up in the second quarter and said, we're not going to let this happen. Um, But I'm just more interested to see how Chris Paul's, 
presence and impact. I think he'll still be on a slight minutes restriction, maybe like 30 minutes max. Um, but D'Antoni kind of plays around with that. Um, so seeing him run the second unit should be a big thing to watch in this game because last game, it was really crucial for the Pacers getting back into it in the second quarter. Yeah, I'm excited to watch him. I haven't, I've only seen him play once in the opening night game against the Warriors. I haven't seen him since. So that'll be really fun. But uh, I will have no slander of Indianapolis resident or former Indianapolis resident and IU grad Eric Gordon on this podcast. <laughs> I love Eric Gordon. Just want to just want to clarify you? that I love Gordon, but uh, I'd rather have CP3 handling my offense. <laughs> <laughs> I can live with that answer. What are your thoughts on a uh, fellow Indiana University graduate Troy Williams? I know he doesn't ever play. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of disappointing because he's, like, shown all these kind of stretches of potential, especially in, like, games like Summer League. Um, and then there's just either – well, now there's just no room for him in the rotation. And, you know, when he gets that opportunity, he just doesn't seem – I don't know what it is. He just doesn't seem to be able to, to play the same way in the NBA than he does in Summer League where, you know, this past Summer League, he was dominating, scoring, like, 22 points a game, hitting, like, 37% of his threes, playing great defense – um, obviously it is summer league and it's a big step up to the actual NBA, but even in these garbage time lineups, he just doesn't seem to, to really showcase his skills enough to really warrant a consistent spot in a rotation, which he's not going to get anyways with Tucker, Mubamute, Ariza, um, in front of him at the wing spot. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's technically an NBA player, but I never even thought he'd uh, make a team. So when he made the Grizzlies, I was pumped his rookie year. So freak athlete, really good score. Hopefully he gets a better chance some other time, but I'm glad he gets to a, a conference finals, maybe <laughs> season on the Rockets. Good for, uh, good for uh, you, Greg. Uh, Troy Williams, uh, you got anything you want to promote before we get out of here? Um, so I just mentioned that Trevor Reza article. It's up at Hoops Habit. You can find the link um, on my Twitter, which I tweeted out a couple days ago. Um, and the 94 Feet Report NBA podcast is what I host. Uh, our most recent episode is my pinned tweet. It's a pretty fun um, kind of segmented style of show. And then, of course, the 94 Feet Report, which you can check out at 94feetreport.com. You have to. I command the as listeners to check out the 94feetreport.com. <laughs> I appreciate it. (laughs) It has to happen. Uh, Where can people follow you on Twitter? You should have said that too. I should have. Oh, that's true. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Spiros MBA. Just a shortened version of my last name. Yeah, good follow, especially if you like keeping up with the Rockets at all. And if you're rooting for them to beat the Warriors, then there's no better place to keep up with the team (laughs) than than Eric's Twitter feed. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you have a great Wednesday. We're excited for this game. It's always fun to watch premier talent in the league and especially like Oladipo LOL but it should be a good one tonight Uh, have a great Wednesday we'll be back tomorrow to recap this game and maybe talk about something else if some stories pop up so yeah have a great Wednesday